Progress. Okay, the Mishnah said that. Ayan Beis Amid Aleph, I'm sorry. Um, the last three words on Ayan Aleph Amid Beis. Okay. So the Mishnah had said that if a husband makes a nether that his wife cannot go to a wedding or a funeral, that's grounds for divorce because you're closing the door in front of her. So what does it mean? So the Gemara says, Bishlai, Mela Beis Amid I understand if you don't invite her to, to uh, don't let her go to weddings. You're closing the door before her because you're not giving the opportunity to share in the simple of other people, and that's that's painful. But she can go to funerals, okay? So she won't be sad. So why is it so terrible not to go to funerals? So the Gemara says, The reason is because if everyone, she gets a reputation that she doesn't go to funerals, no one's going to go to hers. So by you not allowing her to go to a funeral, you're basically ensuring that her funeral will be unattended. The Gemara says, and some say that not they won't not they won't come to the funeral, they won't bury her. <laughs> they won't bury her. The Khadish is gonna say the old woman doesn't go to other Jews' burials, I'm not gonna bury her. Tanya, used to say, what does it mean the Pasuk? Just get the translation of the Pasuk. what does it mean the Pasuk? Right, the pasuk says it's better to go to a beisavol than to a chasana, because that's the end of all men, and those that are living should 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 eat in aliba. Should put this on their heart. They should think about this. What does this mean? My chayit in aliba. It's varm shalmisa. It's dafka referring to the beisavol that a person should think about the beisavol when they're alive. They should put it on their heart. How so? The safed isavduhunu that a person should realize that if you eulogize others, they'll eulogize you. The cover yikarvunu. If you bury the dead now, then you'll be buried when you die. The yidal yidalunu. If you cry out, then they'll cry out by yours. The lavi alvunu. If you escort the mace, you'll be escorted. The tor yitanu. If you carry the dead, you'll be carried as well. Okay. Then the Mishnah said though that while a husband is not allowed to forbid his wife from going to a wedding or a base oval, if there's davar acher, if he has another reason, it's fine. So what's mazad davar acher? My Debrachir, what does it mean the other reason? If he says that he doesn't want to go to his wife there because the people that are there are inappropriate and, and, and borderline dangerous, okay, then it's fine. I mean, as long as he has a legitimate reason, then it's fine. But says the Gemara, he could only forbid his wife from going to these places if he knows there's inappropriate people there. But if someone's just like, I don't want you to go there because maybe there's somebody there, you don't have the right to do that. If you know there's people that are inappropriate that hang out in these locations, fine, shine. But if, you know, just for the, he gets in his head that maybe there's somebody there, that, that, that's prison. He can't do that. That's not fair. The Gemara continues. Then the Mishnah said that if a husband says to his wife, you're asit to me unless you tell me what that person told you or what, uh, what that, you told that person. There was a secret that he wanted to hear and he said... You have to tell me that secret, or else we're, you know, we're usher, we're, you're usher to me. The halach is, it's grounds for divorce. So the Gemara says, Vitema, why doesn't she just say it? Shiloh, why isn't a Lashon Hara, but Vitema, she should just say it. So the Gemara says, We're talking about things that are embarrassing, things that are shameful, things that are secrets, meaning, this is Megalosoid, one of the laws of Lashon Hara is you're not allowed to say over secrets. So we thought at first it was just Tom that they had a conversation that they don't mind sharing. This is no, this is these are shameful uh, conversations, and and to share it would embarrass others, and therefore he doesn't have the right to, to demand that his wife tell him. The Gemara then continues. So the the Mishnah then said that if a husband 
uh, makes his wife, commands his wife that she has to take buckets and pour it into the trash. The halach is his grounds for divorce. So the question is, is that a euphemism for something else? Or does it literally mean take buckets and pour into trash? Now, if it's take buckets and pour into trash, just do it. What's the big deal? So take buckets and pour into trash. Maybe this means something else. The Gemara says, Vitiavid, if it's just pouring buckets into the trash, every day he wants her to take a bucket of water and pour it into the trash. Okay, it's a strange thing, but why does it she do it? Why is it grants for divorce? Amrav Yudam Shmuel, Shetamali Venefetsas. The answer is, when it's a euphemism. It means that after they have relations, he wants her to kill the baby. He wants her to do something with her body, to move her body in such a way that it'll destroy the zera. When it means to pour bucket into the trash, it means to take like the zera and to, and to waste it. So that you're not allowed to do because the halacha is that it's a shayla where the women are also to do, but definitely the man is not allowed to have his zera be destroyed. But even pashas, even a woman, his hashchasa zera is also for a woman. So he's not allowed to demand that his wife do this. That's the first pshat. It's a euphemism for uh, basically, uh, taking some sort of contraception or doing something with your body that will kill the zera after relations. Shmuel Omer, the Brisa teaches No, the Brisa actually says no. It means take take ten buckets of water and pour it into the trash. I mean, no euphemism. Literally, literally, take ten buckets of water and pour it into the trash. So the Gemara says, I understand according to Shmuel that it's a euphemism for. Okay, it makes sense. You got it. It's grounds for divorce. But according to the Brice, that's taking 10 buckets of water and pouring it into the trash. Why is that grounds for divorce? Just do it. So the Gemara says a rule. Because by you making your wife take 10 buckets of water and pour it into the trash every day, people shouldn't think she's nuts. You're not allowed to do that either. Even though there's no harm, but the harm is that people are going to think she's crazy. That's the bucket trash lady and you're not allowed to do that the Gemara says another halacha if you make a command to your wife that you're not allowed to lend or borrow household items like a sieve, an oven you're not allowed to lend or borrow the halacha is it's grounds for divorce and you get the ksuba why? Because by you telling her she's not allowed to lend or borrow, specifically to lend, she's going to have a bad reputation. That everyone in the neighborhood is going to say, oh, don't talk to them. They, 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 they don't like to lend out their stuff. And you're not allowed to do that to your wife, and that's grounds for divorce. The Gemara continues, The Brisa similarly speaks this out. If you command your wife, not to lend or borrow nofa, vikivra, sieves, rechayim, mills, tanur, <coughs> ovens. You have to divorce her and you have to give the ksuba. Because you're giving her a bad name with her neighbors. But that's if the husband commands her not to do it. What if she commands him, or she commands herself not to do it? She, she makes a nether not to do it. Or she makes another that she's not going to sew nice clothing for her children. Then she gets divorced and she forfeits her ksuba. Because she was the one who made this another. Why? Because she's making a bad name and a bad reputation with her neighbors. Okay? Moving right along. Mishnah. Mishnah says like this. Elu we don't have these halachas anymore. We're not mocking on this anymore. Thank God. Because a lot of women would 
this would end a lot of marriages, but the halacha is that if a woman stops acting according to halacha, both be it she's mezalzal in Yisurim Deraisa, or she's not makbed in Sneas, that's grants for divorce and she forfeits exuba. So that's, that's um, so you have to look at the mission of what's considered Sneas, and you know, you'll see, you know, so it would wipe out, like, Hundreds of marriages left and right. The Mishnah says, These are women forfeit the Ksuba. A woman who no longer keeps Das Moshe, which is Daraisa, or Yehudis, or Inyanit Sneas. Now, what, what does that mean? Ezu Das Moshe. Well, the Das Moshe that we still have. If a woman goes off the Derech, that's grounds for divorce, and so she forfeits the Ksubas. What's an example? Doesn't keep the Torah. She gives him food that Shubas Moshe is not separated properly. She lives with him when she claims she's a nida, but she she claims she's not a nida, but she was. She doesn't separate chala. So not only is she breaking the Torah, but she's being mashal him. She makes nidarim and she doesn't keep it. That's all breaking the Torah. What's an example of not keeping tznias? She goes out with her hair uncovered. She doesn't cover her hair. Now the problem is the Gemara is going to ask, not covering her hair is an isadaraisa. It's a It's not a uh, hair, hair covering is not a sneeze. It's a biblical concept. So the is going to talk about this. Perua v'tava b'shuk. She she sews in the street. What the Gemara is going to explain is that when they would sew, certain women when they would sew, the the, the 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 string would go between their legs and sort of pull their skirt up, and it would make the outline of of uh, the the private parts. And that's an inappropriate thing. If she does that in the street, that's grounds for divorce. Umedaberes and koladim. And if she talks, uh, she flirts with men. That's, that's another grounds for divorce. Abishol says, someone who curses her in-laws in front of her husband. That's also grounds for divorce. That's also grounds for divorce. Yeah, that's, that's the rest of them. That's the rest of them. That's also grounds for divorce. And the Gemara is going to add, it's lobbed off in front of the husband. Cursing your in-laws in front of the grandkids. Cursing the grandparents in front of the grandkids is also grounds for divorce. Okay. Someone who speaks loudly. So what does that mean? If the neighbors overhear her. So what Gemara is going to explain this is referring to this. But the basic mahalach is this is a woman that when they're talking about private matters, about relations, she's screaming at them so that the neighbors all hear. She knows that the neighbors hear. That's also grounds for divorce. Okay. So the Gemara is a kasha. This is going to take us basically to the end of the Amid. And that is... The Mishnah listed <coughs> certain activities that she's marshal him. Now the question is, how do you know? If you know what, she, if you know she's giving you treif, don't eat it. If you're eating it and you don't know that it's treif, then how do you know it's treif? Meaning, like, right? A woman is naman to say that her food is kosher. You find out, like, it's like a sting operation. Like, how do you find out? Because if you, if you if you don't have if you have proof if you know that it's not kosher like you saw the box it's not kosher don't eat it the answer is you're eating it means you think it's kosher so if you think it's kosher how do you know it's not kosher like how, how do you find out basically it's a very simple answer the Gemara says hey dami the case of where she she's serving you food that was not separated from the properly what's the case yada if he knows about it nifresh don't eat it. And if he doesn't know, then how does he know that she's being mashal? I mean, what's his evidence? It can't be that he knows with certainty before, because it has to be that he found that afterwards. It has to be like the Manalapan, you know, they found that through cameras, you know what I mean? So the answer is, 
Because the shaila v'shekel sheikr, sheikr. The case is where she, as they're eating, she's like, and he says, "What about shumas and And she said, "Oh, that kain separated it." You ask the kain afterwards. He's like, "I never spoke to your wife." So that's that's the sting operation. You find that afterwards that though she's lying to you and she's telling you that someone else did it, and that person didn't do it. Same thing. Well, now let's go through the next case. Now, what about Nida? How do you know she's a Nida? If she claims she's not a Nida, that's all. Every woman says she's not a Nida. You know what are you supposed to do? So Gemara says, Hey, dummy, what's the case? If you know that she's a Nida, Nifresh, don't live with her. And if you don't know that she's a Nida, Nismechle, you have to rely on her. That's every marriage. The husband relies on the wife. There's no Adis that she's not a Nida. How do I know that a woman is believed to tell you that she's not a Nida? She counts by her own volition. Every woman is Neman. So how, what's the case over here? The case is where there was a Shaila in the blood. There was Maris, there's a Shaila. And she said she brought it to a certain Rav, and he said it's kosher. She said it, and that Rav never met her, never spoke to her, and she made it up. That's the case. Or another situation, Rav Yudah says, if a, if the neighbors believe that she's a nida, that's enough to for her to be have a status of a nida. Meaning, let's say she had clothing that she would dafka wear when she's a nida, and she wears it around the house, and the neighbors know about it, then even if she says she's not a nida, that's grounds for her to be considered a nida, and grounds for divorce. So if she's, if she's wearing those clothes that the neighbors know to her to be Anita, then even if she tells you privately, I'm not Anita, not believed. Okay? But like Kutzel Achala, she doesn't separate Chala, same Kasha. Hey, Chidami, eat the other Nifr, she do the other Manoyada. Like Tzri Chidami, only plenty go about Tikan Liesa Isa, Vaza Shaila Shaka Shikra. Same answer, and that is that she's eating the bread, and you say, What about Chala? And, and, and she said, Oh, I brought it over to the rabbi. The rabbi separated it for me. I took it to the baker, and he separated it for me. He asked the baker, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, it's all the sting operation she found to be like. The next one is Venaideres Veina Mekayemis, someone who makes Nidorim but doesn't keep it. Why is that grounds for divorce? Again, up to now. If a woman's not from, that's not grounds for divorce. It's when it's not from, it affects you. So she makes the dharm, she doesn't keep it. How does that affect you? The answer is, if you make an edit, you don't keep it, it's grounds for the children to be harmed. One of the punishments of making the dharm and them not being kept is the children are harmed. So her making the dharm and not keeping them affects the family greatly. The Gemara says, There's a punishment of not fulfilling your vows Children, uh, don't cause your mouth to hurt your flesh. Your flesh is your children. Your creations are your children. He says another source, for nothing I hit their kids, Hashem. So what do you mean for nothing? Hashem doesn't do anything. It means for saying nothing. It means empty words. Empty words cause me to hit their kids. That's in the Dorm. Tanya Ramir says like this, what if you know that your wife makes the Dorm but she doesn't keep it? So the mission said grounds for divorce. Ramir said, I have a clever chap. Here's what you gotta do. Here's what you do. Make another nether. So the Gemara's like, well, how does that help? And there's two Nadarim. <laughs> you know, she's making the Dharma and not keeping it. So you should make a nether on her. So what does that help? You know what you got to do? If you know that she's making the dharam, let's say, about about going to a friend's wedding because she's upset with him. 
and you, you find out that she made another, but you, not in front of you, here's what you do. You rile her up, you like provoke her, you poke her until she makes the nether again, and then you nullify it. You annul it. So that's your ace. You have to constantly follow her, and then constantly get her to make the nether in front of you so that you could nullify, annul the, the, annul the vow. That's what Mary Shiva. The Gemara says, Amrulai, they said, You can't live with a snake in a pen. Meaning, this is not a long-term solution. This is got you got to get divorced. You can't you can't have a woman who's making the dharma, and your whole solution is you're constantly going to follow her and and make sure that she repeats the nether and then it's nullified. This is not a long-term solution. You got to just get out of this. You, you can't live with a snake. Similarly, that's by nedarim. Tanya, Yehuda says, if you have a woman that you know that she's not separating chala for you, so just secretly separate chala. So Amrulai, they said, You can't live with a snake. Meaning, that's not a long-term solution. You can't have it that she's being macho you in food and your solution is that you'll be your own mashkiach. You gotta get out of here. It's not, it's not a good solution. So the Gemara says, The Gemara says, If you say, Rameir who said this by Nadarim would not necessarily say this by food because by Nadarim, which is not very often, Rameir felt confident that you could find out, you could, you could, you know, fish out every nether that she makes and nullify it. But if she's being mashal with your food, which is three times a day, that's too dangerous. <clears throat> so Rav Meir, who said this by Nadar, would not acknowledge this Eitzah when it comes to food. Okay? The next thing is Raisha Perua. This is a whole source. I'm not going to go through it right now, but it's a whole sugya of a woman covering her hair. Uh, for the record, there is no hatter a woman not covering her hair. Although the Aruch HaShulchan said when it comes to nowadays, it's more makeup. That's when it comes to the issue of saying Shman for a woman covering her hair. It's an Inyani Deraisa. Inyani Deraisa don't change. There's no such thing. I, there were women that didn't. Okay, that's not, that's not a shayla. People do whatever they do, but that's the, 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 it's not subjective at all. So the Gemara says, an example of tznius is a woman not covering her hair. So the Gemara says the obvious question: Reisha pura deraisa. A woman not covering her hair is deraisa. Why? Because by the saita they remove her shaitel, her wig. That's the source. The very fact that the woman normally is covered until it's uncovered shows you a woman has to cover her hair. Uh, Rashi has two lashonis at the bottom. Rashi in this Ahmed has two lashonis about whether uh, whether it's a mitzvah deraisa to cover her hair or it's an iser not to have it covered. Asay or loisase. Ramosha says it's very negaya because we know that a loisase you have to spend all your money to avoid. And say only up to a fifth. How much does a woman have to spend to avoid um, to, to to have her hair covered, basically? Okay. So the shaila is if it's deraisa. So how could you say it's das yehudis? How can you say it's tznius? The answer is go to the next page. Deraisa kolsa shabradami. Kolsa was like a basket that had a little bit of holes, so you could sort of see the hair. So mina deraisa, that's a good covering. If she's so, it's not talking about a woman doesn't cover her hair that's an in deraisa. The woman is covering her hair, but it's not a good covering. She's covering her hair with this basket, this weave basket. So it's a legitimate covering deraisa. It's just not a legitimate covering from a tzniyah's perspective. Okay. Um, if a woman wears this basket, this weave basket, it's considered a legitimate head covering. So the Gemara says, well, where? Where is she wearing it? There's three locations. There's Rishus Rabin where you have to cover more than that basket. You need a full covering. There's in your home where the only people around are your family members. She doesn't have to cover her at all. I mean, it's Yonitzni, it's fine, but, but, but 
there's no iser of a woman not covering her hair in her bedroom. So where is this Kalsa work? And the answer is her backyard. It's not Rosh Hashanah It's not her private house. It's there might be some neighbors, might not be. So that type of location, that, that's where the Kalsa works. So the Gemara says, Heicha. If it's in public property where there's a lot of people, das that's, you can't cover that with kolsa. And if it's in her house, every Jewish woman is with her husband without covering her hair. So what's going on? So the Gemara says, talking about the community drive. The community drive is a location where there's not a lot of people, but there's more people than in her house. Such a location, you could wear a kolsa. Ramosha uses this as uh, no. Ramosha holds that from a soita, it's mistaber that uh, tefach is allowed. Yeah, in that same tshuva, he also allows you to not cover your hair in your in your in your house. Some cipher felt very strongly that you have to because he quotes a zayir. It's a very very. It's one tshuva from Ramosha that uh, that was very very. Uh, I heard a lot uh, a lot of svarim that were written based on it. You also see a lot of a lot of them. Uh, when they wear a baseball cap, the, the, the back is, uh, uh, is uncovered. That's not... Uh... Tefach is the most you can uncover according to all sheetahs. More than that, if they're uncovered more than a tefach, it's not according to halacha. Tefach is the most lenient. And even that, it was a very controversial sheetah, Ramosha. You know, no, it's not a tefach, tefach, tefach. Tefach was two fingers across. That was Ramosha said. More than that, uh, Ramosha would not feel comfortable. Okay. The Tava Bashuk, a woman who sews in public, is uh, grounds for divorce. So what does that mean? First of all, the first shot is that her arms could become uncovered when she's sewing, so she doesn't cover the parts of the body that she's supposed to cover. Ravchizda says that means that when she's sewing, the string goes between her legs and it sort of separates that part of the body and it's it's mara and uh, her private parts. Okay. The next thing it's grounds for divorce is if. Um, She's like talking to men, flirting with men. So the Gemara says, Amrav Yudam Shmuel, Meschakisim Bachrim. She's laughing and joking with uh, young men. She's flirting with young men. So the Gemara says, Amrav Archana Zimna Choda, have a cousin of Kabesidur Ukva. Rabbi Archana said, I was once traveling behind Mar Ukva. Chazislu Arabia, and I saw this Arab woman to have a Yasu, Kashadi Pilcha, Vitavavari, Kanega Paneha. She was doing this. She was sewing with the string, you know, between her legs, and it wasn't so appropriate. And Kiva de Chazinu, and when she saw me, Pasinu Lepilcha, she took the needle and threw it because she wanted to talk to me. She wanted to like engage in conversation. So Amrli, Ulam Havli Palch, she said, Young man, give me the string. She was trying to shrews with me. So Amr Ba Marukva Milsa. Marukva said about this woman, that's 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 what it meant. So what does it mean? My Amar, what do you say? Amar Avina, Tava Vashuk. He says, that's an example, Tava Vashuk. That's grounds for divorce. Amar Baran, Amar Or that's grounds for divorce for flirting with men. Those are the two things listed. She was doing both. Okay. Abishol Oimer, Afim Ekalelos Yolda Vifanov. The next thing that's grounds for divorce is a woman who curses her in-laws to her husband. Says the Gemara, Amar Avyud Amar Shmuel, Mekalelos Yolda Vifnei Moelidov. Not even in cursing the in-laws in front of the husband, cursing the in-laws in front of the grandkids. So cursing the grandparents to the grandkids. What's an example? In front of her kids, she says to her, she says in front of her kids, I hope a lion eats your grandfather. So that's an example. You can't do that. You gotta not do that. Okay, moving right along. The next one was a Kailanis, which is a woman who talks loudly. So what does it mean, my kailanis? 
That when they're talking about private matters of husband and wife, she's screaming at him. So the neighbors find out. Masisantana, a Braisa offers a different explanation. It's that when they're having relations, she's screaming, you could hear, but it's screaming out of pain. It's, she has a condition that relations are very, very painful, and she's screaming out of pain, and the neighbors can hear. So the Gemara says they don't like this pshat. The problem is that should be in the next mission. The next mission is going to list grounds for divorce based on ailments. That's an ailment. So the Gemara says, you're right. You're right, get rid of that pshat. It must be that she's yelling at him about Tashmish. They're having a fight and she's yelling private matters loud enough for others to hear. Okay? Next Mishnah. We'll start it. We finish, uh, we're not going to go through the whole subject. If you makadish a woman on condition that she doesn't have any vows against her, she has no nedarim. But you found out there are nedarim, and the Gemara is going to clarify what type of nedarim we're talking about. It's a mekachtois. So if you makadish anisha and you say, you know, I'm a kadish you on condition, there's no nedarim, and you found out that she asserted tashmish on herself, or she asserted, you know, wine on herself, that's grounds for divorce. Konsistam, if you marry a girl, stam, without mentioning any conditions about uh, Nadarim, Vinim Nadarim, and then you find out they're Nadarim, so it's Tetzi Shalai You get divorced, but she forfeits Aksuba. Okay, we'll have to figure out what type of Nadarim they are. Amanasha in Bamumin, if you're Makadesh and Isha on condition, she doesn't have any physical ailments. Vinim Subamumin, then you find out she does, and Mukadeshis. Kedushin is bottle. Kansastam, if you makadashin shastam without clarifying anything. Vinimsubamum, then you find out she has physical ailments. It's grounds for divorce and she forfeits aksuba. And what type of mum are we talking about? Right? What type of mum is considered grounds for a mekachtois? So whatever mum disqualifies a koyim and it's listed in Bikurim. Whatever mum disqualifies a coin from serving the visa is, is a disqualify is, is is grounds for mekachtois by a marriage. Okay, so you have this mishnah. This mishnah is talking about whether it's a mekachtois by kedushin regarding the ksuba, whether you have to pay the ksuba. So the gemara says v'tana nami gabi kedushin gavna. This exact same mishnah is found in Masech's kedushin. <coughs> so it's mamish. It's repeated. Now by kedushin, it's negaya. You have to know whether it's a valid kedushin. By us, it's negaya the ksuba element. But the entire mishnah is repeated. In Maseches Ksuvis and Maseches Kedushin. The question is why. So the Gemara says very simply. The answer is, we're interested in the Ksuvis part of it. So they listed the whole Mishnah, even though they, they listed the Kedushin part because it wanted to teach you the Ksuvis part. The Mishnah in Kedushin wanted to list you the Kedushin part of it, so it listed the Ksuvis as well. Meaning it's repeated because the emphasis over there is Kedushin, the emphasis over there is Ksuvis, but it repeated it just for the flow. Um, Rav, yeah. huh? Now you, now you, now you're being too much. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Rav, yeah. Right. The, the mission started off by saying that if you make a nether, if you make a mekadesh nishal menashe inulam nedarim, on condition she doesn't have nedarim, and then she does, it's grounds for divorce. What type of nedarim? What nedarim are we talking about? All nedarim, any nedarim. So the Gemara says, It has to be those three, which are the three, if you remember from yesterday's daf, those are the three types of nadarim that a husband can mefar. Those are considered more intimate nadarim that affect the relationship. Not drinking wine, not eating meat, not wearing nice clothing. But if it's a stam nedar that she said, I make a nedar, I'm not going to, you know, jog in the park, 
Okay, so it's not grounds for divorce. That's what he says. Here's the kasha. Which part of the Mishnah? The Mishnah had two cases. One is Yimekadish and Isha Almanasha Enel and And then Amakadish Stam and you found out that she had Nadarm. Which which one? Now you're telling me which Nadarim? It's Dafka, those Nadarim of meat and wine and clothing. The question is like this. In the first line of the Mishnah, when you said on condition that you don't have Nadarim, and then he found out she has Nadarim, it's grounds for Mekhtais. Now we're saying only those three. Why? I said I don't want any Nadarim. <laughs> right? I said I don't want Nadarim. I found out. She, so you Makadish and Isha, on condition she doesn't have Nadarim, and you find out she has a Nadarim that she can't jog in the park. It sounds like, according to this, it's fine, because it's not those three. But why? I made a condition. I said I don't want Nadarim. So the Gemara says, I'm Makbid. I said I don't want a darim, so she has another. What do I care what type of nether? Elah Seifa. It must be that it's referring to the second part of the Mishnah, which is that not you're right. If you're Mekadish, Al Manas, Nadarim, any nether is grounds for a Mekaktois. Why when the Brahsa said it has to be those three, that's talking about the second line of the Mishnah, which is you Mekadish Stam, and then you find out that she has Nadarim, she forfeits Aksuba. When does she forfeit Aksuba if it's Dafka those three? Because if it's the first line of the Mishnah, which is, I'm a Kaddish, I'm a Nash, who cares what type of nether it is? You made a condition. The Gemara rejects one with this. Ravashi says, no, really, it's going on the beginning of the Mishnah. Meaning, I'm a Kaddish, a woman, on condition she doesn't have a nether. The halacha is grounds for divorce. Dafka, if there are those three, why? The answer is that when a man says, we interpret it to mean dafka the things, the type of nedah that the average husband is makbid on. Therefore, listen, if you say, on condition, not one nedah that exists, not this, not that, okay, of course. This is, he said, now we're saying it's dafka those three. Why? Because we get into the mindset when it comes to Nadarim. This is actually the major yesod when it comes to the entire Masech of Nadarim. Like there's one theme the entire Masech, and that is when it comes to Nadarim, we try to go colloquial. We go into what people think, what people mean. So now we're saying that when a husband says, I'm not ashamed of he doesn't mean any nether. He doesn't mind if she made a nether to give every week a dollar to Tom Cheshavas. That doesn't bother him. Those three are the things that bother him. And if it's not those three, not a Mekachtais. All right, we'll stop here. We'll pick it up tomorrow. Where do people get that?